Hello, my name is Jun Sikhim Fang. I am the program editor at the NATO Association of Canada. The recent summit between North and South Korea marks as the third inter-Korean summit and the first in 11 years. As this is a historic moment when North Korea agreed to denuclearization, there is a positive prospect of peace on the Korean Peninsula and perhaps a Korean unification. As a result, many international communities, especially Koreans, hope for a peaceful solution on the Korean Peninsula, and many seek the experience of German reunification as an example. To understand about the experience of German reunification, I am honored to speak with Consul General Peter Barnholtz of the Federal Republic of Germany in Toronto. Consul General Barnholtz, it is my utmost honor to have this opportunity, and thank you for having me today. Yes, welcome. It's my pleasure to meet you today, and uh, we always try to support the NATO association as much as possible. Thank you. Before we begin with difficult questions, let us start with the introduction. Consul General Farnholtz, your extensive career in international diplomacy began in Romania in December of 1989, and you have had previous postings in places such as Japan, Iran, India, and Rwanda to name only a few. What are some of the highlights of your previous and ongoing career? What are some important geopolitical matters that you have confronted over the past decades as a diplomat? Well, in our life, we do get around in a certain way. Diplomats are also migrants as we move on from country to country. I remember you mentioned Romania. Indeed, uh, in December 1989, there was the revolution of uh, the people of Romania against the communist dictatorship. Our embassy was there throughout. We did not evacuate. So it was very important for us uh, to support this new democratic movement. And our Minister of Foreign Affairs, Mr. Genscher, was actually the first foreign visitor to um, visit Romania. It is very important for diplomats, Western embassies and diplomats, to be there when such dramatic events uh, happen. I remember in Kobe, Japan, in January 1995, there was the huge earthquake which killed, I think, seven or 8,000 people were killed in that earthquake. And myself, my family, we lived through this, and it was very important for us uh, to help the German community in the affected areas and to have, we had an excellent cooperation with the Japanese uh, authorities. I was in uh, Iran um, um, for four years, um, which was also difficult in our relationship with the government. There were many challenges. Then an interesting posting was when I was a deputy director of the Crisis Re Response Center in the Federal uh, Foreign Office, which coordinates the reaction of the federal gov of the German government to crises uh, which happen globally terrorist attacks or civil wars, evacuations or other terrible things. The German government has a need to, to assist those who are Germans and Europeans who are in need. So these are just some of the examples where I was involved. The next question I'd like to ask is how will you characterize the current state of Canada-Germany relations? What are some similarities we share and differences we embrace as two multicultural nations. Well, I absolutely agree that uh, Canada and Germany are both multicultural nations. Uh, um, in Germany, 
we estimate that uh, almost one quarter of the population of the people living in Germany have a migratory background. So, and you know, in 2015, we were ready to accept more than one million refugees, asylum seekers and migrants uh, from the Near East and other countries. So Germany is a very diverse nation and uh, we embrace our responsibility to be open to immigration. So I think this is something which uh, makes Canada and Germany very similar. I think the relations between Canada and Germany are excellent. We are friends and partners in all areas. Um, the only wish I have is that we would have more exchange uh, between the two countries, uh, more politicians visiting, um, but also going down to the grassroots level. I think we could have more exchange on the level of uh, normal people, uh, students, uh, high schools, uh, researchers, uh, meeting each other and working together. Because after all, what is diplomacy good for? Diplomacy is not... Uh, some an act in itself, it has to serve the needs of the people. So I wish especially that more Canadians uh, of all walks of life uh, would visit Germany and work closer together with Germany. As you may know, Germany had a unique experience of being forcefully divided into two different states, but achieved unification in less than a half century. As a German citizen who witnessed both the separation and the eventual unification, how did you perceive this historical moment? Were you expecting the German unification to occur at the time, or did it happen as a surprise? Well, um, I remember exactly where I was at that moment uh, when the Berlin Wall fell, when people started to move across the wall in Berlin, the opening of the wall. I remember I was in a small village uh, in Romania, um, and it, since there were no hotels in Romania at that time, uh, or very few hotels, uh, I spent the night at the Catholic church. And uh, the local priest, uh, he welcomed me, and he was ethnically German. So uh, we were watching Hungarian television uh, to see the live pictures of uh, the events in unfolding in Berlin and uh, it was dramatic and I remember he went down to the cellar to bring up a bottle of uh, wine and uh, we celebrated together with a German diplomat and a Romanian uh, um, Catholic priest. So it was a memorable moment. Um, I had no doubt that the communist countries would collapse. So in this respect it was not a huge surprise was just a matter of time because the communist system failed to deliver in fulfilling the needs of its people. That it would happen in 1989 was a surprise. I think we were surprised that it happened so soon. Uh, maybe we were expecting it a few years later. Um, but it was a positive event and we welcomed it. And I want to point out that uh, German and European diplomacy, German diplomacy, together with our friends, we achieved this uh, tremendous task of uh, German reunification peacefully. There was no conflict involved. And this really has to be underlined, because it means that we can achieve a major um, development um, nowadays without conflict. 
if we involve all stakeholders, and that's what we did, we involved all stakeholders, we involved anybody who had any concerns about German reunification, and uh, we got everybody together and we found a way forward to make German reunification possible without conflict. Uh, this cannot be stressed enough. It is possible if we do things the right way globally, we can um, achieve major changes peacefully. And this, I think, is a message of hope for diplomacy in foreign affairs uh, globally in the modern world in the 21st century. If we have the goodwill to achieve good results, we involve everybody and talk and discuss and negotiate, uh, then we can achieve a good way forward. The next question I'd like to ask you is, many international communities and peoples alike are concerned over the nuclear threat posed by the Democratic People's Republic of Korea or North Korea. What are Germany's relations with North Korea and how did Germany perceive recent developments? Well, we do have an embassy in North Korea because we believe it is important to have diplomats on the ground to observe the situation, to report back to headquarters and maybe also to take some kind of positive influence if, if at all possible. So overall, we, as I said, German foreign policy believes very much in uh, negotiations and uh, finding a peaceful way forward. We really and truly believe that violence, military violence, can only be the absolutely last resort um, that we can implement. So we see some signs of hope. I'm not an expert on, on Korean affairs at all, but looking at the situation unfolding from the distance here, I think we see some positive signals. This really breathtaking meeting of the two presidents of uh, of Korea, of North and South Korea, meeting on the, the uh, DMZ and shaking hands, um, and the other signals which are being sent out, I think this has a great potential to find a peaceful resolution of the situation on the Korean Peninsula. And this is what we in the German policy, German policy really believe in, that um, we need to find a, a peaceful resolution on the way forward. Many suggest that Korea could benefit from the experience of German unification. What would be your suggestion to the Republic of Korea or South Korea and to those who are involved regarding the unification of the Korean Peninsula from the German experience? What lessons should we learn from the unification of Germany? Well, it's not really up to me to give any advice or talk about uh, about any lessons for, for Koreans. Um, but I could say that uh, one thing is uh, never give up hope. History unfolds slowly and then sometimes very quickly. Never lose hope um, about achieving the goal of the Korean people living in one country peacefully, in freedom and prosperity. Maybe it's a question of time. Maybe it will happen more quickly than everybody is expecting it. Maybe it will take some more time. But um, if a people belongs together, history will bring these people together. It's just a question of time. And as I said before, to the, in answering the last question, we need to avoid violence at all costs. So, but then, of course, once you achieve reunification in Germany, we found out 
that uh, the damage done by a communist system over decades was very large. It was a damage done to the economy, to civil society, to the political system, and also to the, the mindset of people, because it corrupted the mindset of many people, if I can put it in this simplistic way. Um, we need to have uh, patience. We need to do efforts in healing, in growing together. It will take maybe a bit more time than um, we can expect. So we need patience and we need to bring together everybody on the way forward. The next question I'd like to ask is, how did Germany overcome cultural, political and social differences between East and West after unification? How did German citizens unify? Well, actually, I believe that uh, those elements which united all Germans were so much stronger than what divided us. And this is what pulled, brought us together again uh, in 1989 when the Berlin Wall fell and afterwards. There's a strong consciousness of, uh, of a German people, of all Germans living in Germany and everybody else living in Germany, that we belong together. So this was the starting point, and this is, was is, is a very strong feeling. Um, beyond that, of course, there were some issues that we had to work out as our brothers and sisters in East Germany had moved straight from the Nazi dictatorship from 1933 to 1945. They had moved straight into a communist dictatorship from 1945 until 1990. So they had to learn about a modern democratic political system, how things work in a modern democracy. Also, they had not experienced uh, uh, market uh, capitalism. So they, as they lived in a, in a plant uh, economy, so of course it was a challenge for them to get to live and work in a modern um, capitalistic market system. But if the goodwill is there, and it was there from the German government and German citizens, that we should need to work all together to achieve this goal and to make it a success story. And I think it is a success story. Infrastructure, schools, etc. are better even in East Germany than West Germany. And uh, there's no doubt about it that uh, um, unification was the right step forward. And, of course, Germany has uh, three major pillars. Uh, um, in we, we belong to the Western group of nations. The transatlantic relationship is um, one of those pillars. The other one is that we are part of the European Union. And uh, we Germans and the German government are strong believers in the future of uh, the European Union and further integration of Europe. And the third is that being a United Nations member state, we believe very much in the multilateral approach in looking at global issues. And I think this is something that East Germans also share. Germany had a turbulent history in the 20th century, especially concerning Germany's neighbors. How did Germany overcome any historical disputes and tensions with its neighboring nations? Well, Germany committed... Germany and Germans uh, committed uh, horrific crimes in the Nazi period, uh, the Holocaust, 
the murdering of many other communities, uh, uh, homosexuals, uh, gypsies, uh, Russian prisoners of war, like, and others too. Which so so in a certain point, 1945 was uh, <clears throat> the absolute low point in the history of Germany, and we had to rethink and rebuild our country, our society, our nation. And we understood that uh, conflict and violence and aggression can never be a way forward. Mm -hmm. We need to, we saw the absolute need of um, reconciliation and reparation or compensation, especially with our neighbors. The first step was to uh, redo our relationship with our neighbor countries because they are our neighbors. They're next to each other. They're next to us. And it's the neighbors who also suffered, among those who suffered the most by and through Nazi aggression. So starting with our neighbors in Europe, we moved ahead to other communities, especially Jewish community, to do what we call in German Wiedergutmachung, there's not one word in English for to translate that, which means it means reparation, compensation, um, and reconciliation. So I think uh, we, and there was no doubt about it that what we did was wrong, and uh, there was we accepted this uh, this responsibility that we had committed wrong, and uh, we did not try to negotiate uh, the issues who did more wrong than the others. We accepted our guilt and responsibility, and then we tried to rebuild our relationship with our neighbors and other countries and communities whom, against whom we had committed wrong. Um, especially, I want to name the Jewish community, of course. And then to take it from there, to rebuild the relationship, to do compensation. Uh, and I think uh, it's an ongoing process. It's an on it, ongoing process. But I think we went a long way um, in this respect. And, you know, in our, our political leaders, when they do it, decisions, major decisions, I think our history, the crimes that Germany committed, are always there in the back of their minds. When Mrs. Merkel, our chancellor, opened the borders in 2015 to let in uh, refugees and asylum seekers, I think she understood that Germany has a special responsibility uh, uh, because of our history to to do things in a better way than we did in the past or maybe than even other countries. So this is very important to understand Germany. Germany is one of the biggest contributors to NATO. In your opinion, do you think NATO had a role in stabilizing developing tensions in the Asia-Pacific region? For example, territorial disputes in the South China Sea and the North Korean nuclear development. Well, as I said, we be, in German foreign policy, we believe in the uh, in, in the peaceful resolution of conflicts um, and violence, military violence, only as the absolute last resort. Uh, for example, self-defense, or for example, I could imagine in preventing a genocide, an ongoing genocide, for example, um, would be an option. But uh, we also believe very strongly in uh, in robust foreign policy. We need to be strong. You cannot be <clears throat> a pacifist, or you cannot really successfully pursue um, a peaceful resolution of conflicts if you don't argue from a position of strength. 
And this is why NATO is so important. NATO, the transatlantic relationship, is um, a, a crucial factor in uh, guaranteeing the security, peace and security for all our countries. And as such, we uh, are firmly committed to NATO and to supporting NATO. We, the Western countries, must stand together. Only together we can defend our security and maintain peace. And we can also radiate our, project our influence in the sense of promoting democracy in safeguarding and promoting rule of law, good governance and safeguarding of human rights if we are strong and stand together. So having said that, NATO by its constitution really is not in really responsible for East Asia, you know, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. So in directly it does not have a direct role in resolving any territorial disputes in the Asia-Pacific region. But of course, indirectly, uh, being a, in an alliance, we are a global factor to be reckoned with. So indirectly, I think, we, if we safeguard the uh, unity and strength of NATO, it will have a positive role globally. As Canada and Germany enjoy close and friendly relations evident in our active cooperation on the international stage, do you feel that Canadians possess an adequate understanding of the uniqueness of German culture and regional dynamics? Or do we still have much to learn? No, Canada, of course, uh, you, the world is in Canada. Uh, that's what we admire so much. Uh, your, one of your mottos is the unity through diversity. The world is in Canada. So, um, and I, I also can uh, recall that uh, the third largest, up to now, the third largest group of immigrants to Canada came from German-speaking countries, following uh, English-speaking and French-speaking countries. So I think Germans through the last three centuries and more have made an important contribution to the becoming of uh, modern Canada. Um, and I believe about 3.3 million Canadians have German roots, not exclusively German roots, but also German roots. This already shows the large part of German immigration played to Canada. Of course, most Germans have become Canadians. Maybe you can recognize them by their name, or some of them maybe speak German, so they've become Canadians. And we are proud of this element which connects Canada and Germany. And I think the, the, the parliament in, uh, in Ottawa, the federal parliament, recognized this important contribution of Germans to the becoming, to the becoming of Canada by um, having a resolution which recognizes the October, October of every year as German Heritage Month. And last year was the first time that we commemorated this event and we are very honored that the Canadian Parliament recognized this contribution of Germans to Canada. Um, still, I, the only thing I would say, and I had mentioned this before, is that we would wish for more Canadians reaching out to Germany and Europe, more Canadian students studying in Germany and Europe, 
more businesses coming over to Germany and Europe, because uh, that is still lacking. I believe we have a ratio of about one to seven of uh, German students, or of student in, this, in the area of student exchange. We have seven times more German students coming to Canada than the other way around. So I would really encourage uh, Canadian associations, uh, NGOs, students, schools, businesses reaching out to Germany. Uh, Germans love Canada, so you will find open doors and uh, a huge interest of uh, Germans in Canada. So this is the only thing I would like to say, encourage Canadians to travel more and stay more in Germany. Before we conclude the interview, are there any further remarks the Consul General would like to mention? No, uh, as I said, uh, we would like to have more exchange between our, the peoples of our two countries. And uh, we are looking forward uh, to the commitment that uh, the Canadian government has announced in, in the multilateral level and um, in other areas also to further cooperation together. Canada and Germany together, Canada and Europe together. I believe we had a quite fruitful and engaging interview today, Consul General Fahan Holtz. On behalf of the NATO Association of Canada, thank you once again for your time and sharing your perspective and ideas on this matter. Thank you. It was my pleasure.